Greetings! Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and I'm your host for these Bible study podcasts. Today we are continuing with a review of the key principles of effective Bible study based on a booklet of the same name, which is available from our podcast page at biblestudy.asbzone.com. This podcast series is centered upon the following Bible verse, 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So what's the goal of this series of studies? To help you obtain greater value from your Bible study and devotional sessions. These episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes each and focus on key principles that God teaches us through his word. Most people know that Bible study is essential to the Christian experience, and many people realize that without prayer, Bible study is futile and unproductive. But there are other, less known principles that the scriptures teach us besides these, and our goal is to help you to know and understand them. They will help you to see God's word in a more expansive way and help you to become just like the noble Bereans of Acts 17, 10 through 12. Today's study is entitled, Why Isn't Everything Repeated in the New Testament? But before we begin, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of Bible study and prayer, and we ask you to please be with us as we try to get into your word here and rightly divide your words of truth. Give us wisdom and understanding that we will do all things in accordance with your will. In Jesus' name, amen. It is no more necessary for the New Testament to repeat every instruction of the Old Testament than it would be for every book in the Old Testament to repeat every instruction given in the previous books. As an example, let us consider Genesis and Exodus by themselves for a moment. The written and audible pronouncement of the law of God is first recorded in Exodus 20. Are we then to conclude that people in Genesis were able to do whatever they wanted without repercussions? Does this mean that there was no possibility of sin until the time of Moses? If so, how then does Joseph make the following statement? in Genesis 39.9, where he says, There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Clearly, the principles of God's law were known to God's people since the time of Adam and passed on from generation to generation, even though the Ten Commandments weren't committed to stone tablets until the time of Moses. It is in the time of Moses that the written word comes into being, so it stands to reason that everything would get mentioned at least once at this time. As we covered in earlier episodes, there are times when God repeats certain instructions, and they tend to correspond to situations where the recipients of his message had forgotten or overlooked the instructions in question. This will be a familiar concept for parents. So which parent repeatedly discusses the household guidelines that are not being ignored? It is only necessary to harp on the taking out of the garbage if, in fact, it is not being taken out regularly. 
Because the New Testament scriptures provide continuity for the Old Testament scriptures, as we studied earlier, as opposed to being a replacement for those Old Testament scriptures, there is little need for wholesale repetition of instructions. As mentioned before, any repetition we find in the Bible tends to fall into one of the following categories. Emphasis, something of vital importance and needs to be re-emphasized. Violations, some uh, law, commandment, statute, or judgment that is being ignored, broken, violated, etc., and so correction is needed. Or perspective, right? Something is a lot broader than people understand, and so they're being given another perspective to look at it. Those are the primary reasons, as we studied previously, why things are repeated in the Bible. But they're not repeated because the New Testament replaces the Old. This is just as true for the New Testament as it is for the Old. Any instruction, doctrine, or principle from the Old Testament that was not a shadow or a type is still in force in the New Testament. Let's look at some verses to back us up. And as always, we will be reading these verses from the King James Version. Matthew 5, 17 through 18. Jesus says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Okay? So, nothing is going away until everything is fulfilled, is what Jesus said. Nothing is going away until everything is fulfilled. And Jesus quoted the Old Testament, because as we learned previously, the scriptures that the folks used in the New Testament were the Old Testament scriptures. So there was nothing for them to have replaced as yet. They were using that. That was their Bible. Psalm 33, 9 says, For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Okay, this is, we're talking about the establishment of God's rules and his laws. The rules are in force. We look, interestingly enough, at the law of the Medes and Persians, where nothing could be changed, not recognizing how close that is to how God works, right? When God establishes something, it's established. There's no need to keep reestablishing it unless, as we said before, it's for emphasis or repeated violations. John 9.27 He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? This is from the man that was born blind and has been healed by Jesus, and the Pharisees are interrogating him, and his parents... They've interrogated the parents, and the parents have said, he's, he's old enough, ask him, because nobody wants to get in trouble with the Sanhedrin. And so they grill him some more, and he says, but I, I told you before, and you didn't hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? So why do we have this verse in here? Because it's you've already been told. If God says, thou shalt not kill, and he doesn't at some point say, okay, now you can kill, you don't have to ask later, can we kill now? It's okay to kill now, right? Because I haven't heard you say it in, you know, two years. No, it's still, thou shalt not kill. John 18, 20 to 21. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. This is Jesus during his trial. I spake openly to the world 
I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. So here, again, we're taking a passage. It applies to the trial of Christ. But there's a broader aspect to this. And it is, God said what he said. And everyone who's heard what he said can tell you what has been said. Now, when we make this argument of, oh, the Old Testament is done and the New Testament, we don't pay attention to certain facts. Okay, so let's think about this. From Moses to Jesus, let's, let's say from Abraham to Christ is over 1,500 years. From Abraham to Christ is almost 2,000 years. From Moses to Christ is 1,500 or so years. Between Malachi, the last prophet written, last prophetic writings in the Old Testament, until Jesus is about 400 years. The whole of the New Testament time frame that's covered in the Bible, that's not prophetic, right? So the whole historical New Testament time frame covered in the Bible is less than 100 years. Okay? Less than 100 years. So that means that the time between the Old Testament and the New, right, at least from a writings perspective, the time between the Old Testament and the New is greater than the entire time of the New Testament. Okay. It means that there are periods in the Old Testament that are greater than the division between the Old Testament and the New. Right? So from Moses to Samuel is more than 400 years. When you look at when Stephen gives the history, or if you look at in the book of the Judges where they give the history, you'll see that there's the long space for the, the time of the Judges is about 400 and something years after. Okay. In all those gaps, many of which are larger than the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's no indication that people said, well, too much time has passed, the law has expired. When Jesus is questioned, the, when the rich young ruler comes and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus refers way back, about 1,500 years prior, a thousand, over a 1,000 years prior, and says, what does Moses say? He didn't say, ooh, well, I would have asked you about Moses, but that expired, you know, 500 years ago. No. The prophecies of Daniel continue all throughout. Now, some of the prophecies of Daniel have not yet met their fulfillment. The idea that the Bible should be divided in this Old Testament, New Testament time frame as though the instructions of the one dispensation are now all null and void shows that there's a poor understanding of the scriptures, a poor understanding of how God operates, and a poor understanding of how his government operates. So anything you see in the Old Testament is in effect unless, as we showed previously, you see where there's a transition that's prophesied, a transition that has occurred, or an explicit statement that says, hey, don't do this. Okay, And to give you an example, in the time of Moses, God sets up some rules for who can be married to whom, right? When you, you figure when Adam and Eve were created, 
and they have children, right? And those folks are getting married. They're getting married to siblings and cousins because they have no other choice. Similarly, after the flood, Noah's family, they're getting married to cousins. They have no other choice. There are no other people, right? That's how the, that's how the, the nations start. But in the time of Moses, the Lord says, hey, no aunt, uncle. Now, Moses' mother is the aunt of Moses' father. Abraham was the half-brother, or Sarah was his half-sister. Right? They had the same father, but a different mother. But in the time of Moses, without, without saying that anything was wrong with what went before, the Lord says, okay, no first cousins, no aunt, no uncle, no sister, Right? So he drew the line. You had to go a little further out in the kin folk. Right? And, and there are reasons why, given sin and given all of the genetic complications that occur because of sin that would not occurred, would not have occurred in a pristine planet that was without sin, the Lord established some rules. Okay? So what was okay before even as, as recently as Moses' parents, was no longer okay. So it's not like God doesn't know how to put rules in, in place and say, hey, don't do this anymore, or here's how you move from here on out. So when we suggest that that's what happened, we ought to be able to point to it, because God has done it, and it has been recorded. If you can't find it, you shouldn't suppose that it's been done. It either happened and was recorded, or it didn't. And that's why it's not recorded. Okay? The sacrificial system, as we learned earlier, went away because it was prophesied to go away. And it went away because it was never the real full thing that would solve the problem. It was just pointing to the real full thing that would solve the problem. And that was Christ and his death. So the reason why everything isn't repeated in the New Testament is because it's already in the Old Testament. And if you're doing it, we don't need to say it. And... If you're not doing it and it's important, we will repeat it. But if you're doing it, who needs to say it again? We don't have to. Throughout the history of Israel in the Old Testament, several things got repeated, but not everything. Why? Because they were committing, there were certain things they were doing that was wrong. Jesus pointed out when they were dishonoring parents. He pointed out covetousness. In the Old Testament, they talk about the oppression and the murder and the killing. But there's a period of time where they aren't doing graven images. They were doing graven images for a while. They seem to have gotten rid of the graven images issue after the time of the, the years in captivity. But nonetheless, nonetheless, the things they were having problems with were repeated for their benefit. And the things they weren't or that didn't need to be otherwise expanded were not. And that's why the New Testament doesn't simply repeat everything from the Old Testament because it is a continuation, not a replacement. Thanks for taking this time to study with us today. We encourage you to prayerfully review the booklet in conjunction with this recording. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for these lessons. We thank you for your presence to give us wisdom and understanding and help us have light on these topics. And we ask you to give us a desire to study on a regular basis. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening in. 
And if you have any questions, be sure to send them to BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com and we will do our best, by God's grace, to provide you with biblical answers to those questions. And if you are finding these studies to be a blessing, please let us know and be sure to share them with others. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you study His Word.